Was the reformer Martin Luther innovating or in error when he added the word alone to Romans 3.28, for we hold that one is justified by faith alone apart from works of the law? Find out in Pastor Will Whedon's column in the latest Issues Etc. Journal. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Dr. Donna Harrison details her journey to confessional Lutheranism from Catholicism, Scientism, Mysticism, and Evangelicalism. The free online Issues Etc. Journal. Just click the red Journal subscription button at issuesetc.org. Issues, etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. On a regular basis, we like to talk back to our listeners when they've sent us a question or a comment. You can send it via email, talkback at issuesetc.org, or we have the Issues, etc. comment line. It's open 24-7 for your ideas, show suggestions, criticisms, 618-223-8382. So let's do some email. Before we do, I was online for a Concordia University Chicago Board of Regents meeting before our big meeting this Friday and Saturday. So I did not get to hear your interview, much of your interview with Terry Mattingly. How did that go? It, it went... It was uh, different. It, yes. It, I think it went very well. Terry's questions, he finally revealed his, his rationale, which is, I want to ask questions that I think may end up on the docket of the U.S. Supreme Court. So they were questions of a religious connotation but he wanted it to be particular to situations that are current right now in the United States that the next president will have to deal with, if only deal with it by way of the U.S. Supreme Court considering a case. So I thought that was a really good rationale, a way to get particular questions, stay away from generalities. But, you know, I don't watch these. Deb- I do plan to try and watch this debate just out of idle curiosity. But. I was not impressed with the clips that I saw the last one. It really was kind of a shout fest. So I don't think anybody came off looking great. Yeah, I just think, less. I, I watched some of it. I, that's the problem with the clips. Because what are they going right. to show you in Eclipse? They're going to show you the shout, shouting. They're going right. to show you the, anything substantive. Or, But let's just face it. I mean, former President Trump's in the room. The whole energy level goes up exponentially. Whatever you think of him, good, positive. Indifferent, but I thought Terry had some good questions, and I th- and I thought the best question he came up with was, "What is the religious right, and are you part of it?" That's, Be- that, that's just a brilliant, questions. simple question that requires the candidate not only to take a position, but also to kind of tread that line of, as a Republican candidate, I don't want to alienate anyone that might be thinking about voting for me. It's a great thing about podcasts. I can listen to that on my commute home tonight. Yeah. Let's begin with Gary. Gary says GOP is not some of the grand old party, the Republican Party. GOP is not pro-life. Republicans are calling for 80% cut to funding for public schools that serve high concentration of students in poverty. Republicans want to cut in half a fruit and vegetable program for poor pregnant mothers. Republicans want to cut the budget for the office administering Social Security benefits. Why are you supporting this horrible party? Why do you continue to have anything to do with Molly Hemingway? The GOP is not pro-life. Trump just called for executing our top general. Gary, thanks for listening. Thanks for the feedback. Well, we're not supporting the party. Molly Hemingway is just a resource, a guest for us to tap into and say, 
get some intelligent answers from her. So now I note that his definition of pro-life is not the colloquial definition of pro-life. He is, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, that when it comes to those issues, the Republicans should have to answer for what they're willing to cut by way of helping people who are in genuine need. They should be held accountable for that. But let's not play fast and loose with the definition of pro-life. That's kind of a word game. Pro-life colloquially means that you oppose abortion. It may also include that you oppose euthanasia. I don't think people usually think that far ahead. And that you oppose maybe even the death penalty. Those three things usually hover around the orbit around the term pro-life. They're not always there, but the abortion one always is. Now, to extend pro-life to include help for the poor and things like that, you are welcome to do that, but you are speaking a different language. That's than quality the of life. That yes. isn't pro-life. That is a quality of life yes. argument. If you want this whole life definition of pro-life, which the left has been trying to do to discount, it's the old trope. You care about them in the womb, but you don't care about them after they're born, which I've been actively pro-life for my entire life career and i've never heard someone say we only care about them in the womb after that we don't care about them i've never heard anyone do that we actually did a show with one of our pro-life advocates on this expanding definition of scott klusendorf scott klusendorf and he did an excellent job jeff will look it up and i'll tell you when you can go back and listen to it this was years ago we did this interview as people try to expand the definition of pro-life if you ask me Three o'clock in the morning, is the Republican Party pro-life? It is in its platform when it comes to the issue of abortion. What is my position? What is the position of issues, et cetera? We are pro-life, pro-family, pro-child, pro-parents. And we do that based not upon any political affiliation or loyalty to any party, but based upon thus saith the Lord. And you are right. Thus said the Lord, we also are to care for the poor and not disregard them in any way. But let's not play word games with terms like pro-life. I've heard this before. Pro-lifers don't care about the poor. And I say, look, show me a pro-life person who says, I don't care about the poor. They can starve. They can freeze to death. I don't care if they have shelter or food or drink. Because in order to make that argument, you have to say they have actually advocated for that. The difference is, does the private or the public sector do a better job than the government? That's a difference in philosophy. That's a difference in in application. And I think you see probably pretty uniformly pro-lifers saying the government has a role to play, but the private sector is going to do better at addressing those problems than the public sector. And I just have two words for you, San Francisco. When you get ideologies that are allegedly in favor of government helping the poor, look at the results. Just look at the results. And that's the dilemma that we face. But that's not a question of mean Republicans don't want to help the poor. I think Republicans look out and see situations like the homeless in in San Francisco and other large blue cities. And they're saying this is the result of leftist policies. And there's a better way to do this. Just think about your experiences. If you have any family members with a VA hospital, post office, 
your driver's license facility. Most people I know, not great experiences. Not like shopping at Amazon. You know, I like to say I'm skeptical of big business, big government, big pharma, big churches, big schools, big tech. It's easier for larger institutions to lose their connection with humanity. With the actual people they're trying to help. Exactly. Trey says, Dear Jeff and Pastor Wilkin, I have a comment on September 21st Talkback Show. Is that the new, is that we're going to call this like Talkback Show? That's the second week in a row somebody called the Talkback Feature or Talkback Show. I guess that's appropriate. I like it. Pastor Wilkin said, Former President Trump does not have an ideology. However, this is not correct. His ideology is to do whatever benefits him. It's a form of utilitarianism. I think it's dangerous and can be deceptive to make it like there is such a thing as a neutral ideology. The left in our country uses this neutral concept to bash religious people, but we all have an ideology or values, even if they are not formed by a systematic framework or principle. It is similar to Luther and the large catechism on the first commandment that everyone has a God. Also, we need to refer to pro-life bills not as bans, but as protections for the unborn slash preborn. Again, the left has used the language to shape how we think, and ban makes it sound bad. I hope you find my suggestions helpful. I enjoy the show, and I'm a longtime listener. Thanks for the email, and thanks for listening, Trey. Very helpful suggestions. Thank you, Trey. When I said that uh, Trump doesn't have an ideology, I I don't think ideas, a set of coherent ideas, drive what he does and says. And I agree with you. It is a utilitarian and if you want to define that as his ideology, it's an idiosyncratic ideology. It's an ideology that's unique to him. The best explanation I ever heard came from Bill Barr. And he said, you must understand that in Donald Trump's world, there are two truths. There are winners and there are losers. That's the first truth. And there's no in between. You are either winning or you're losing. And the other truth in Donald Trump's world and maybe this is his ideology, who knows, is everything is transactional. What can I give you to get from you what I want from you? And once you understand that, now we've never dealt with Donald Trump personally, but Bill Barr has, that's, once you understand that, then you could work with him. But you have to understand there are winners and there are losers, and everything is a transaction. Everything's the deal, making a deal in life. Now, I don't know if that's true of Donald Trump when he's home with his family. I really hope it isn't. But as a public figure, that's the closest I've come. Let's go to Tennessee where Blake resides. Thank you for posting the audiobooks, Objections Overruled, and I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. These works have spurred conversations with my daughter who enjoyed higher things this past summer and received copies of Objections Overruled 1 and 2, as well as with my pastor who read Pastor Peppercorn's work after it was first published. We forget burnout and depression is just as common in pastors as much as it is in others who dedicate their lives to service to mankind. Both works are quite relevant here and now. As a daily listener for the past four years, I appreciate the relevant content in my continued adult catechesis. Please keep these audiobooks coming, concludes Blake in Tennessee. Well, I just I have to commend Todd Peppercorn. He wrote this book years ago, I Trust When Dark My Road. 
but I have to commend him because that this, these are not easy admissions to make, even if they're made in retrospect, especially for a pastor. Pastors are like anyone else. They want to come, they want to come across as having their lives together. And part of the results of depression is that you do not have your life together. I don't know that anybody really has their life together entirely. And so I, I need to commend him for making these admissions in the book. Now, if you want to read I Trust Went Dark My Road, all you got to do is go to our website, issuesetc.org. There will be a little pop-up there before you see the website. Enter your email address, and we will send you a link to I Trust Went Dark My Road, our latest audiobook. This is Paul in Milwaukee regarding women pastors brought up in the program in the fine series on children's questions. The LCMS Commission on Theology and Church Relations recently said that on the basis of the Old Testament example and 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 7, Titus 3, 5 to 9, 1 Corinthians 14, 34, and 1 Timothy 2.12, that women are not to hold the pastoral office. Third-grade students ought to be able to grasp a plain explanation of these biblical directions. I did back in the Dark Ages. Thanks for listening. Well, you're quite right. The position of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod on females in the pastoral office has been consistent. It's not varied. It has been questioned by some. It has been toyed with by some, luckily not successfully. There have been attempts to circumvent these scriptures. There have been attempts to ignore these scriptures in the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod, but the official position of the church has always stood on those things. And every once in a while, like clockwork, someone says, well, we need to reconsider this question. Why don't we study this question a little no, bit it's, longer? No, it's, let's just reconsider the role of women in the church. Right. It's never women's ordination. No, no, <laughs> but we know what's going on. I mean, the cat's out of the bag. You're not fooling anyone when you say we need to rethink women's role in the church. We just haven't thought about it enough. We've thought about it a lot. And we have the history of all of Christendom on our side. So to me, it's a settled question. There are times in theology where you stop talking about something or considering other alternatives to an idea because it's a settled theological question. Is it fun to talk about it maybe over a beer? Sure, but... A church body doesn't have the luxury of saying, let's just toy around with a couple ideas and see what comes out. No, it's a settled question, has been in the church for millennia, and it doesn't need to be reconsidered. When we come back, we're going to be going through a Sunday school lesson with Pastor Tom Baker, David worshiping God in two places, 2 Samuel 7 and Psalm 24. Then Pastor Jonathan Connor will have a few miscellaneous questions from kids in our series Kids Have Questions. I'm Todd Wilkin. Stay tuned. That you do. I'm gonna sit right down and write myself a letter and make believe it came from you. Luther had Wartburg. We have Collinsville. You're listening to Issues Etc. Issues Etc. Regular guests Dr. Reed Lessing and Dr. Andrew Steinman are the authors of our Book of the Month for September, The Messianic Message, Predictions, Patterns, and the Presence of Jesus in the Old Testament. 
This new book is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040, or learn more about the Messianic message at issuesetc.org. Study the Old Testament through a Christ-centered lens with the Issues Etc. Book of the Month, The Messianic Message. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Our church loves and is grateful for those that serve our country. Operation Barnabas, part of Ministry to the Armed Forces, equips you to reach out to veterans in your community to bring Christ to those that served. Call Ministry to the Armed Forces at 314-996-1337 or email lcmschaps at lcms.org. Thank you for your service. Thank you. God bless our military. Are you looking for a confessional Lutheran church in southern Alberta, Canada? Look no further than Resurrection Lutheran Church of Lethbridge. We rebuke false doctrine and call sinners to repentance. We proclaim the gospel to all and provide Christ's sacramental medicine to those who believe what the Holy Spirit has clearly and inerrantly taught in Holy Scripture. We practice these things in the context of closed communion and with the use of the historic lectionary, hymnal, and liturgy. Check us out at resurrectionlutheran.ca or like us on Facebook or call 403-915-4336. The Biblical Worldview Conference is Saturday, November 4th in Chicago. This year's theme is, For Such a Time as This, Discernment, Boldness, and Compassion. Brian Wolfmiller, John Bombaro, and others will be speaking on gender-solid parenting, wokeism in schools, transgender pronouns, and sharing Christ in a woke culture. For more information, visit worldviewchicago.org. The Biblical Worldview Conference, November 4th in Chicago, worldviewchicago.org. Thanks to the following congregations for standing with us by becoming an Issues Etc. Congregational Sponsor. Calvary Lutheran, Baltimore, Maryland. Faith Lutheran, Azona, Texas. Holy Trinity Lutheran, Columbia, South Carolina. Emmanuel Lutheran, Terre Haute, Indiana. Mount Olive Lutheran, Madison, Wisconsin. Pilgrim Lutheran, Kilgore, Texas. Shepherd of the Hills Lutheran, Snohomish, Washington, St. Paul Lutheran, Austin, Texas, St. Peter Lutheran, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Village Lutheran, St. Louis, Missouri. Find out how your confessional Lutheran church can support this worldwide outreach by including Issues Etc. in your mission or advertising budget. Just go to issuesetc.org, click Support, Donate, and print a one-page flyer. When your congregation becomes an Issues Etc. sponsor, We'll publicize your church on the podcast, at our website, and in the Issues Etc. Journal. Join us September 29th at 7 p.m. for a hymn festival celebrating the Feast of St. Michael and All Angels at Good Shepherd Lutheran in Collinsville, Illinois. Hymn commentary will be provided by Pastor Will Whedon, host of the Word of the Lord Endures Forever podcast, along with organist Chris Lemker, orchestra, and choir. For more information or to register to sing in the choir, visit our website withangelsandarchangels.org.